We, of course, are going through this book of Ephesians, and we uh, have been looking at uh, the unity in chapter uh, 4 of Ephesians, verses 1 through 16. And Paul has talked about what it means to be a Christian. Uh, It means to walk worthily uh, uh, of the high calling that God has given us, each one of us. And, uh, but Paul is now, as we will see in the future, to the end of the book, he's concerned about this whole subject of holiness, purity, uh, the work of sanctification in our lives. We're called out people, uh, called to be different, uh, and that we're not to be part of this world system. And uh, we are even called in, in the King James peculiar people but uh, in first uh, Peter 2 9 it says but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation holy God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you notice out of darkness out of the darkness not remaining in the darkness but out of the darkness into his wonderful light uh, so we are peculiar not weird, although some Christians I've met are kind of weird, and I'm speaking about myself. And, and then, uh, but anyway, there's no dress that anyone wears that somebody will say, oh, there goes a Christian. So it's not necessarily the outward appearance, but there is a change inwardly. And, uh, and so this is extremely important that uh, we realize that we as, as God's children have been born again, that we are no longer our own. We're bought with the price, the precious blood of Christ. And uh, we are no longer living for self. We're, it's, it's, about, it's about our uh, life in Christ now. That's our focus, and that's what's life all about. So we're fundamentally different from what we used to be. Uh, old things are passed away, Paul says. All things become new. And uh, our lifestyle, our lifestyle has changed. Uh, our worldview and motives, where we were self-centered, not God-centered, that is gone. Uh, not that we still don't fall into uh, self-centeredness, but that is no longer our description. Uh, Jesus put it very well and, and very clearly what it means to be a di- disciple of Christ, to be a follower of Christ. Did he not? We have seen this. I've preached on this. But he said, then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple, disciple must deny himself, which is a death to yourself, taking up your cross daily and then following me. So there is, there is a following of Christ that follows uh, the new birth, regeneration. It's not uh, you, you say I'm a Christian, that makes you a Christian. No, uh, you must be born again, Jesus said, and uh, follow me. Uh, someone said the new heart that pumps for God will find expression in what he does and doesn't do. He belongs to God now. He is a slave, a doulos of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, And uh, 
So Paul lists the things here, beginning in verse 25, that we should uh, no longer be like. He talks about anger and bitterness, putting away these things, unkindness, sexual immorality, and other things that characterizes uh, these lost people. Uh, But we're to walk worthily. We're to put off, we'll see in Ephesians 4 here, to put off and to put on the new self. We found that in Romans when we went through Romans, uh, chapter 13, verses 13 and 14. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in uh, dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Radically different. Radically different. And uh, so this is an extremely important subject. Putting on the new man uh, created in righteousness and true holiness. Uh, We have the righteousness of Christ. We have Christ in us. And there will be a difference. And last week in verses 17 through 19, we looked at the ugly before picture. Remember I talked about it's like a a diet. These On commercials you have the before and the after. And, you know, you'll have a 400-pound person and then they've lost 200 pounds. And that's the before and after. Well, there's a before and after in the Christian life. Uh, There's what we were before and who we are now in Christ. And uh, uh, that was the picture of the depraved natural man before conversion. But now, be what you are supposed to be. Be who you are. Paul is saying. And let's read then Ephesians 4 verses 20 through 24. And yet I'm just looking at verses 20 and 21. Uh, This is the after picture, if you will. He says in verse uh, 20, But you did not learn Christ in this way. He's talking about verses 17 through 19. But uh, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, Just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. So this is, this is our new picture. This is who we are now. Not if we want to be. You know, not if we decide after trusting Jesus, I'm going to be this way. No. You have been created in Christ, a new creation, a, a new creature. And so Paul is being emphatic here. You people who are still in this evil, sinful lifestyle, you better check up. You may say you believe in Jesus, but does your life show it? And uh, so this is, this is uh, important. And I deal with people uh, concerning this because they say, well, you just trust Jesus and it doesn't matter how you live because you're going to heaven. Well, it does matter. You're not saved by the works, the good things that you do. But when you're saved, then there will be good works. Not perfect, but there will be good works. And I think this is the teaching of Scripture. So let's pay attention to what we're going to talk about today. Uh, so we can understand the rest of what Paul is saying. 
uh, and he talks in the Greek, and I hate to even use that because people think, well, I don't know Greek, so why read the Bible? Uh, but there are some things in the Greek that can, in the grammar, that can be he- uh, helpful to understand what Paul meant here. And somebody says, you've got to crack the nut before you can eat it. And so that's what we're after here. We're, we're, I'm going to attempt to crack this nut so you can eat it. So I want us to see these phrases in verses 20 and 21. He says, in the King James it says, But you have not so learned Christ. And other translations probably have that as well. Uh, this phrase, the so here, he says, But you have not so learned Christ. Uh, the word here is hutos in the Greek. But it means in this way. You have not learned Christ in this way. In the King James, we find in, in John chapter 3 and verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world. Well, really, it, the meaning is, it's hutos. It is God loved the world in this way. Okay? So this is, this is the thought uh, that Paul is pushing forward here. Uh, it doesn't mean God loved the world so much in that verse. Now, he does, he does love, but it's, he loved the world in this way. Uh, in this particular way, he loved the world in sending his son to die for our sins. Uh, so what way? In the way that uh, he just described in verses 17 uh, through 19. Uh, you, there will be a difference in your life when you learn Christ this way, in this particular way. And uh, three things now about this first phrase of, but you have not so learned Christ. The but here highlights the contrast. Paul is saying the life of the Christian will be different. It will be opposite in many ways. And he says the word learned here is uh, the same root word for disciple. Learner, it means learner. It's in the aorist tense, and that's important in the Greek because it's a, uh, a specific time in the past, not over a long period of time, but this is a particular event that happened in the past, a point in time. What is he talking about? He's talking about conversion. When you first were converted, uh, born again, when you, uh, f- you, when you had true faith and repentance, uh, when you believed the gospel, when you were born again, all of these things uh, come into play. Uh, all of the verbs here in these two verses, uh, in verse 20 and 21, are in the aorist tense. It's a time in the past when they were converted. The third thing is, uh, he says, that is not the way you learned Christ. Not about, notice it doesn't say here about Christ. You learned Christ. And this uh, phrase is found nowhere else in Scripture, in the Greek uh, or other Greek literature. They learned not just about Christ, but they learned Christ. See, prepositions are extremely important. Words are extremely important. And how we interpret those words are of extreme 
importance. And now the second phrase in verse 21, if indeed you have heard him, if indeed, he says, if is assuming doubt. This should better be translated since you have heard Christ. Not if, uh, which would express doubt, but no, since you have heard Christ. In other words, this is true of you, since you have heard Christ, is what he's saying. Uh, It's also in the aorist tense, which is a point in the past. Since you have heard him, not about him. The about is not in the Greek. It's since you heard him. And then... It says, have been taught in him, just as the truth is in Jesus. Now, I'm, I'm taking these quickly, and I'll go back and explain uh, some of this in a minute. But you were taught in him. You were taught in him. You were not taught by him, but in him. And uh, this, all this is kind of strange language, but theologically, it... it uh, it makes sense, and we'll see that in a, in a minute. But as the truth is in Jesus, as the truth is in Jesus, uh, not, uh, no doubt Paul, I think, is referring to what Jesus said about himself in John 14. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. As truth is in Jesus. That's the only place you find truth. There's not truth in Buddha. There's not truth in in Muhammad. There's not truth. Jesus is the way. The only way. The truth and the life. And very clearly here. uh, In other words, if you want truth, you must go to Jesus only. It's all about Jesus. You've got to go to Jesus because he is truth. All truth flows from Jesus. Why Jesus here? Why does he say Jesus? Why not Christ Jesus our Lord or Christ Jesus? And uh, we're going to see that in a minute as well. Uh, So uh, just to sum up these two verses, read like it should be read, it says this, but you did not learn Christ in this way. Since you heard him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. Now that's kind of a literal Greek understanding of what's being said here. And uh, we see here these, these verbs here of learn and taught and heard and, and then of course truth, hearing truth and learning truth. What does this kind of remind you of? It reminds you, I think, of a school setting. We're in a school setting here, although this is the church meeting together. We're meeting to be taught, to hear, to learn truth. Okay? And so I think this is what, uh, uh, what this is about. These, this is an educational setting. Students learn here uh, and the, uh, the truth that is taught. Uh, and so we have here a, a classroom setting. And... Uh, uh, and it has a teacher, it has subject matter, and uh, it's talking about us, speaking to us. And these students are different, not just educated with smarts, but we're different. How are we different? We're being sanctified. 
We're being made holy. We are being made pure as we learn. Uh, But uh, those that are educated in a classroom in the world, whether it's philosophy, history, whatever, they're not being educated in the same way. Paul is uh, telling us you are different because you are in the school of Christ. That's really unique because we find the curriculum is Christ. The curriculum. I taught out of the ACE curriculum for 10 years. Great curriculum. Uh, But here, the curriculum is Christ. He is the subject matter. It's all about Christ. The teacher. Who is the teacher? The teacher is Christ. Teaching you about himself. But not selfishly or uh, proudfully. No, he's pointing to himself. Why? Because he is salvation. He is God who has been revealed to us. No, this is uh, him. Uh, You heard him, it, it says. You heard him. He's the teacher. I'm just the preacher. I can't teach you. I can tell you the truth, but you have to receive that truth. From the teacher. And who is the teacher? Christ. Though the curriculum is Christ. And Christ is the teacher. And. uh, What about the school? The school. Itself is Christ. Because it's in him. In him. First of all. Let's look in more detail than as Christ the curriculum. The subject matter. And a lot of people today have the subject matter all messed up about who Christ is, that He's the only way. But we find Christ in all His attributes and all His, his the things that are true about Him, that He's both God and man, that He's prophet, priest, and king. That his work uh, on the cross, his atonement for sin, uh, his death, his burial, his resurrection. It is not just about him. That is with just a head knowledge. But it's Christ. He is the curriculum. This is talking about here a personal relationship that you personally have with him. You see, you can have all, the, Satan knows all about him. He has all this wonderful, he's got it all put together. I mean, he, but it, it doesn't drive him to repentance because it's here. It's, it's a knowledge thing. But Christ is the curriculum, the subject matter. And it's a personal relationship that you uh, embrace. You go to Christ and you embrace him. You put your arms around him. Why? Because he adores you. And because of his grace in your life and being born again, you embrace him. He embraces you. You hug and you praise him. You adore him. You trust him. Wow. Because it's all about him. Wow. 
You speak to Him and He speaks to you. Uh, There is power there, not only uh, to break our sinful hearts, but to heal the sinful heart as well. Real power. There's real power in Jesus. The name that's above every name. There is a real peace. There is really a new life in Christ. The psalmist said it, and I've used this passage before, Psalm 41 and 2. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet upon a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Wow. Have you experienced this? Have you experienced being lifted up out of a slimy pit, out of the mire and the clay? Has your, have you experienced your feet planted on the solid rock of Christ where you adore Him and you love Him for what He's done for you? That's all He wants to hear from you is thank you, God, for saving a sinful, wretched person like me and really meaning it from your heart. Really meaning it. Not just saying it because that's what you're supposed to do because you're a Christian, but experiencing that. Wow. Wow. You know, sometimes we as as Christians get excited about other things and, and there's nothing like a good football game. I mean, I love a good football game, and you get all excited and get wound up, and 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 that, and then whether your team wins or loses, afterwards, as a Christian, you go, you know what? This is really trivial in life. I mean, it's just not what life is all about because it's about Jesus. But it doesn't mean I can't enjoy it. But it's not like I live for it. My whole life is centered around it. It's just something to enjoy, and. Uh, It's insignificant. It's trivial. In light of what? In light of the eternal Christ. Why? What is the Christian doing? The Christian is looking for the blessed hope. Titus 2.13. He's looking for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior. Wow. It's all about Him. That's what we're looking for. We're not looking for satisfaction in this world. There isn't any. Not true satisfaction. Secondly, we see Christ as the teacher. It says, since, not if, but since you heard him, since you've been converted, since Jesus spoke to you through his word, speaking to your heart and your soul. That's what he's saying here. Christ is the teacher. We hear him. We hear him through his word. You know, I'm so thankful. God isn't a deist God that some would say where he just kind of wound it all up and he let the world go on and he's taking a nap somewhere. And, and uh, No. God is working in his people. 
He is working in his people. We find that it's taught by Paul, he says, Philippians 2.13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in, in order to fulfill his good pleasure. Give him the glory. Also, Jesus said uh, in uh, John 10, 26 and 27, but you do not believe because you're not my sheep. My sheep listen, hear, they hear my voice. I know them and they do what? Follow, follow me. They don't, they, you know, it's, it's a following of Jesus. He is your new Lord and your new master. Uh, have you ever had Jesus speak to you? I hope he is. Supernaturally, he speaks to us. You know, missionaries don't go to China or Africa unless Jesus speaks to them. I mean, you'd be crazy. Absolutely, you'd be crazy. Unless Jesus said go, because it takes a supernatural working of God to, to do this. They hear his voice, and the Christian uh, walks now to the beat of a different drum. What does a Christian do? He, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. That's what he does. He has a new heart with the Holy Spirit in his heart. A Holy Spirit who is transforming him and continues to, to do that. And uh, that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Jesus, John 16, 13, but when he, he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak of his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. This is what God is doing in our lives. Uh, we hear him. He is, he is the teacher. Uh, let me ask you this. Are you enrolled in the school of Christ? And is he your teacher? Be like going to a class in, in say, the fourth grade and the, and the teacher calls the role. Remember that? Imagine if she called the role and your name wasn't called. You'd go, uh, teacher, am I on the roll? Because that's pretty important to be on the roll. And in, in Christ, you're either on the roll or not on the roll. And so it's that important. The third thing, the third thing, Christ is the school itself. It says you were taught in him. He is the very environment Christians learn. We are in Christ. Uh, for us to live now is Christ. For us to live is Christ. It's all about him. And to die is gain, Paul says. We are in him. He is our whole new world. Acts 17.28 For in him, in Christ, we live. Notice we live and move and have our being. We live and move and have our being in Christ. Pretty clear. And we know this by experience. Uh, we know this by experience. 
In Christ, you have the power to live the Christian life. Christ in you, the hope of glory, Paul says. He says, as the truth is in Jesus. Why Jesus here? I mentioned that before, but why Jesus? Because Jesus is a historical uh, human name for, the, for Christ when he was here. And Paul wants to make it very, very clear that they are following the right Messiah. See, the Jews were looking for a Messiah. In the uh, uh, Hebrew, it was Messiah. In the Greek, it's Christ. So when Paul says, in Jesus, that really narrows it down. You're in Jesus, in Jesus Christ. Because you see, the Jews did not believe that Jesus was the Christ. And still don't today, unless you're a Messianic Jew where you've come to know Christ. And when Jesus was here, remember the Pharisees rejected him as the Messiah. This Jesus, you know, who is he? And Jesus said to them, you hypocrites. You don't have true faith and true repentance you're self-righteous. It's all about, you have no desire to worship God because it's all about you. And they rejected him. And uh, I want to say, just in closing, three observations very quickly. Uh, what, me- what kind of message did they hear? And three observations concerning uh, true hearing true hearing, and true evangelism. First of all, it involves an exclusive message. Paul says, as the truth is in Jesus. In Jesus. Only Jesus. It's very clear in Scripture, it's only Jesus. Men of Galilee, in Acts 1.11, they said, why do you stand here? These were angels, I believe. Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same what? Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way. You have seen him go into heaven. Make no uh, mistake about it. It's Jesus. He is the true Messiah. And these words are not used just haphazardly. They have a purpose why they were used. But uh, he says, you have heard the truth. It is only in Jesus their saving faith. Uh, <clears throat> remember when, every, when a lot of his disciples followed him no more, Jesus asked of his own disciples, he says, do you want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You and you only have the words of eternal life. That's how important it is, brethren. Uh, You know, I think one day, uh, one of the excuses people will have before God is, you know, God, there were just so many choices. And God's going to say, no, there were not. Because I said, here is my beloved son, hear him. Very clear. The scriptures are very clear uh, about who Christ is. Uh, what does it say in Acts 4.12? It 
Salvation is found in no one else. Boy, that's big. No one else. For there is no other name, the name of Jesus, under heaven, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, under heaven, given to mankind by which we must be saved. It cannot be any clearer than that. Uh, And yet, when you tell somebody that, you know, they'll tell you, boy, you're so narrow-minded. You're so narrow-minded. You mean God wouldn't accept other ways, other people, other... That's right. It's only in Jesus. Oh, no, I can't accept that. I'm going to reject that. Then you're rejecting eternal life because that's what God uh, requires. Imagine coming along and saying, here's a pill... If you take this pill, it'll cure you of cancer. This is the only pill that will cure you of cancer. Well, I'm not going to take that. What are you? Are you kidding me? How can you be so naive and so narrow-minded that you think no? They would rush up. They would rush up and take it and eat it, and their cancer would be gone. Well, let me tell you: if you run up and you take Jesus into your life, your cancer is going to be healed. Hallelujah. What a Savior we have uh, that would love us uh, in this way. You know, also, we say, secondly, it involves a lordship message. Paul is saying in verses 17 through 19, uh, this is the way past you were, but you heard him. And now you have true repentance and true faith. You have denied yourself. You have taken up your cross. You have followed him. A false gospel today is being preached, and that's the one that denies the lordship of Christ. It's a false gospel. That you can have Jesus as Savior and not have him as Lord. That's a false gospel. Christ must be the Lord of your life. He is your king. He is your master. You are his slave. You're, you're, you're a doulos. Of Christ, a slave of Christ. Christ insists on being your king. He insists. It's not a. It's not a choice. It's not like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna bow my head and I I I am gonna say this prayer. I'm a sinner. Jesus is a savior. Uh, he died for my sins. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. And then going out. And living a wretched life, but saying, no, 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 I'm a believer because I said those things. Doesn't it you must be born again? It's not something you do. It's it's Christ working in you by his mighty power. And the and the gospel today has been so watered down that people think they can just I'll accept Jesus and I'm going to heaven. And but my life stinks. I don't live for him. I don't go to church. I don't pray. I don't read the scripture. I don't fellowship with other, you know, but I'm going to heaven because I, I have done that. It's a false gospel. Jesus is Lord. We need to say that really when we come together. We need to say Jesus is Lord. Scriptures for this, Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus is Lord. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, 
And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. 1 Corinthians 1.9, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Not if you want him to be. You can do that later in your life or maybe not ever. No, he is our Lord. He better be your Lord. He better be your Lord. This, this evangelism also involves a personal relationship. You must come to Jesus Christ. You must do business with Christ. You must be earnest. Uh, you must speak to him and confess to him, trust him, embrace him, worship him, adore him. This is what it's all about. And then you must talk about him. Not to be saved, but you will talk about him if you are saved. Why? Because he has changed your life. He has given you salvation, eternal life. And wow, you mean anybody that trusts him, really trusts him, can have this joy and peace and happiness? Well, I'm going to start telling people. Are we? And I'm including me. Are we? We need to think about that. We need to examine ourselves. Have you come to Christ? Let me just say this in closing, last sentence. Don't miss heaven by missing the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't miss heaven by missing the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. Let's pray. Father, I I thank you for your word. And Lord, it's, it's powerful in our lives through the power of your Holy Spirit who is at work in us both to will and to do of your good pleasure. God, we need you every moment of every day. Help us to cry out to you, to to rest in the finished work of Christ. Lord, uh, we give you the praise. We give you the glory for what you're doing. Help us to, to worship you, to follow you, to adore you, to put our arms around you because you truly love us. In Jesus' name, amen.